Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender. I'd like to ask your forgiveness because the uh, music playing in the background. For some reason, my wife put on music while I'm doing a podcast. Um, how are you today? It's beautiful weather here. Um, it's my day off. It's the Sunday after Monday. We had some interesting things occur. I've had a huge jump in listenership. I don't know what that is all about, but uh, it seems to be about 6,000, which is great, which is great. We'll see how that lasts. Hopefully, the I get my audio issues worked out and we're able to um, resolve those. And you can say, hey, you know, you got the uh, audio issues resolved, but now you have content issues. Like, the shit you talk about isn't that interesting. <laughs> well, I can't do much about that because it's always it's always about me, isn't it? Not true. It's about you, too. It's about everything. Uh, this weekend, uh, we, uh, we had a relatively slow weekend at work. We had a, a lot of locals, some vacationers. Going against the trend I normally see, normally see this time of year recently, because you usually see a big tick. Right after all the kids went to school, a lot of people take it advantage, people that don't have uh, children or anybody that's tied to uh, the schools or the school year. They see a drop in the uh, charges for... Uh, Hotel rooms. The hotel rooms are really uh, affordable right now. Very affordable. But unfortunately, the one thing that would make this probably a better time for people to travel would be if they can travel. And there's a lot of cancellations on flight, as you know. It's a worldwide phenomenon. One of them being, uh, the factors being, there is a shortage of flight crews. See that pause we took during COVID? A lot of people retired. They left their job. They thought of their mortality. They moved on to different careers and things like that. So it's going to take a while to shake this out. Hopefully we won't have any other big interruptions. And uh, we'll just have to deal deal with it. So in in work, people saying, well, it's so slow. It's so slow there. They're looking around and we get upticks in business and the quality of the, uh, I don't want to say quality. It just seems that our, for people that are tipped employees, we're, we're not seeing a big downturn, a, a downturn at all. I'm making about the same amount of money as I make in season. So I guess... You know, the more care and attention we show to people, the more they reciprocate with compensating us. So one of the things that happened over the last, I think it was Thursday, it was over, so today's Monday, so it's about 11 days the the Queen of England has passed away. It was, I think, if today is... Yeah, so it's been like since September 9th or 10th when she passed away. And they finally had the services for her. And I noticed a a lot of people, 
have commented, especially comedians, they've said they've gone through more bread. They've thrown out two order, you know, two two loaves of bread since the queen passed away. <laughs> Meaning, and I'm not making light of that. I'm not. When someone passes away, I try not to, unless it's someone despicable, a despicable person, and and and, and the queen was far from it. You might know my views on monarchies and aristocracy. And I'll just get that out of re- uh, way real quick. There is nothing that puts another person above another. Only people do that. Only people do it. Uh, there's no deity. I mean, obviously governments can do it. That's a forced inequality and things like that. But this show... This episode isn't about my thoughts on the monarchy and what I think about it. I I actually thought that out of a lot of aristocracies and monarchs, they actually served a purpose in England. You know, you had a far-flung empire and you needed to have a unifying force. And sometimes, you know, people's you know, historically people can say that the crown was a repressive force. And things like that. But they've also been, the crown has also been a progressive force. Meaning Queen Victoria did a lot of things. Queen Victoria, who was at one time the longest service sovereign in Europe. uh, She brought forth a lot of change in the workplace and uh, the middle class. She was a champion of the working class. You may, a lot of people say, well, how could she be? She was a queen. Well, yeah, she's just... Uh, she was an advocate for workers' rights and reduced work weeks and and getting rid of child labor. Obviously, there were other things. There were still some horrible things that went on in the empire, how they abused workers and their citizens over there. But history is a series of baby steps going towards progress. It doesn't always happen at the blink of an eye. So Queen Elizabeth was there. She served her purpose. She served as the head of state during crises. She was uh, the second longest sovereign in the history of the world. The second longest serving sovereign. The first one being Louis, the sun king of France, who served 72 years, if I'm not correct. Let me think. 72 years. And she served as... Elizabeth served as the Queen of England in the House of Windsor 70 years. 70 years. That's a long time. And when she passed away, it took, we took particular note of it at the place that I worked, the catch, because one of the owners is a British citizen. She lives here. She's married to an American citizen. She has children that are U.S. citizens, but she still is holds her British passport. And I think she also, I think she might have dual citizenship, if I'm not correct, because I think she votes and all that stuff. But I take particular uh, care not to insult someone else's head of state. Like, again, once again, not someone like Putin. I can insult that man all day long or someone like Orlan from Hungary or let, let's say uh, King Jun Un or Z 
or Xi, what's his name from China? I can, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really have any kind words for dictators. But obviously, the Queen passing, I, I just find it interesting that here we are, it's 2022, it's almost 250 years since our proposed separation from the British Empire, that the colonies in 1776, when we made the declaration that we wanted to go it alone and chart a separate course, a separate destiny from King George II, or was it the third? I think it's George III, if I'm not correct. And Ever since then, you know, a couple, there was a couple times, obviously you had the Revolutionary War. We weren't too friendly with each other. The War of 1812, certainly they invaded us again, burnt down our, the White House. But eventually we beat them in uh, the War of 1812. There were some threats over the Oregon, you know, the, the, the border of the United States and Canada in, I think, the 30s, 1830s and 1840s. But ever since then, ever since then, you know, and it was touch and go whether the British were going to side with the uh, Confederacy or the Union. But they were going to stick with the Union, I think, because they were already anti-slavery. But they had a large textile industry during the Civil War. And the South supplied a lot of the cotton that it used for textile. And some people thought that there was that was probably a good enough leverage to get them to support them. It was not. It was not enough. But ever since then, Britain, Great Britain, has been one of our closest allies. After that, when we went, we had butted heads on a couple issues. One in the 19, I think it was 1956, when the British, French, and Israeli, a joint British, French, and Israeli uh, force invaded the uh, Suez Canal Zone when the Egyptians nationalized the canal and they wanted to keep it open. And one rare moment during Cold War that the Russians, the Soviets, and the U.S. sided together and condemned the invasion. But that was it. World War I, World War II, not so much in Vietnam, but Korea. The uh, first Persian Gulf War, the second one, uh, Afghanistan, the war on terrorism. It was U.S. and Britain side by side. And with this current Ukrainian-Russian thing. The British have been big, along with the U.S., along with another friendly country of our allies, our Poland, has been big in supporting the Ukrainians, as well as a lot of other NATO allies and other allies. But it's been 200 and almost 250 years, and the Americans still are fascinated by the British monarchy. I recall uh, Prince, I mean, in short, it went on before then, but they were, they were fallen, but when Princess Diana showed up on the uh, stage 
I guess it was 1979, 1980, 81, maybe, when she married Charles. The U.S. got all gaga over that, watching the weddings and things like that. And they watch Andrew's wedding to Fergie. And then the drama between Diane and all that stuff. And then all the movies and TV shows that went on, The Crown. Uh, They're just gaga over this family that a lot of times comedians would make fun of by even uh, their own domestic comedians. The TV show uh, Money Python and the Flying Circus, a sketch comedy show in uh, Britain in the the, uh, 70s. They would make great fun of the monarchy. But they always take it seriously. It was like Britain is one of these things. It's like your family. You can make fun of your own family members. But when someone else outside your family makes fun of you. Or that family. They say, you know, that's off limits. And that's kind of like when it comes to the monarchy. So with the the queen passing. It's very interesting. My father told me he was visiting. I'm going. I'll get back to it. But he was in. London with my stepmother and they went on a tour of London and are riding with I think they were riding with uh, on the tour bus and the tour guide took note of them and he was talking about where the royal jewels are I think it was in the Tower of London or something like that and he said if you Americans I'm going to paraphrase weren't so snarky you know the the um, the royal jewels would be in New York, and there would be a palace in Orlando, you know, <laughs> Orlando, Florida, where the royalty would be. Be, but then again, the whole U.S. history would change. You know, would there be there wouldn't be a Disney or anything like that? Not that we would. I'm not. I'm an alternate history guy. So if we had stayed part of Britain, we may not had the liberal immigration policy that promoted all the influx of different people that come in. But let's get back to the Queen. Okay, so she passes 10 days ago. And then, you know what? Almost everything. We have a a big, uh, we have our economy is, you know, inflation's going crazy. Um... Uh, politics. We have an election, a midterm election coming up. There's the war in the Ukraine. There's Taiwan and China. There's immigration politics going on with governors sending immigrants to other different states illegally, might I add. But um, once the Queen passed away, all that took a backseat. It shows when you know, when a no, when a news item takes hold, it shows what people's interests are. And these news programs aren't doing it out of respect, just doing it out of respect for the, the queen and the royal family. They're doing it because they know it'll get eyes in front of their programs. 
and get eyes in front of their programs. And they did those things. And they're putting all these things British. They come out with the, uh, you know, all the crown and and the story, the queen, the, uh, the Helen Mirren movie about the queen. And all that stuff is coming out. All these British things, they're just pushing it to us. And it's because people are interested in it. So interested in it that they did almost all the, I don't know, on all the news programs they've had, it on all the cable news programs. We know CNN, of course, BBC. I'm not sure about Fox and MSNBC. Could have been, should have been probably. Uh, they covered the whole funeral. CNN covered the whole funeral. They did it. I woke up this morning and they had already, they were arriving at Westminster Abbey and they stayed with it, I guess, from the time they loaded the coffin on the gun carriage. I think that's what they call it, a gun carriage, and and walked her um, coffin to the Abbey and having all these international and aristocracy and famous British people in in Westminster Abbey and that just the pomp and circumstance. People are fascinated by it. Fascinated by it. It's a spectacle. It certainly is a spectacle. When you think you're living through history, you're living while it's occurring. And this, the transfer of power on this almost thousand-year-old monarchy. I, I don't know if you can call it a thousand-year-old monarchy because I think Britain came about and even though there's ancient Britain, it was probably over 13, 1400 years ago, but the British at the Battle of Hastings, or a certain group of aristocracy won out at the Battle of Hastings, and then you've had different families rule. You had the Tudors, the Stuarts, the Hanovers, and the Windsors. And they're all kind of somewhat interrelated. At one time, a little over 110, 115 years ago, there was a, a royal wedding in one of the monarchies in Europe. And they had, there's a, a famous photo of all these monarchs, about 10 monarchs sitting together. The... Uh, King of England, of Belgium, of uh, Spain, of Bulgaria, Greece, uh, the Tsar. And they're all somewhat related. They were all somewhat related. It was very, very interesting when you see that picture. And, you know, since then you've had two world wars and uh, the fall of the Soviet Union and the Eastern thing, because I guess that picture was taken about 10 years, the picture I'm mentioning was taken 10 years before the revolution that occurred in Russia and threw out the Tsar and then destroyed the Tsar and his family, killed the Tsar and his family, wiping them out so they couldn't come back and claim. So the world has changed drastically in that, since that picture was taken, but 
there is still the Queen of England until a week and a half ago, now the King of England. And we've got to see all these traditions that go into place where they have the scepter, the orb, the crown, riding along on top of that coffin. I'm not going to make fun of it. It, You know, wedding, wedding, uh, wedding and funerals kind of have a similar feel for me because it's a change of life. You know, your single life dies and you become a married person. You know, your life, you actually lose your life at the funeral and you're you're being buried. But their traditions are, are, are very interesting. And if you think about it, the, the funeral, if if the queen was, being, as they announced, not only sovereign of the nation, she was defender of the faith. And they talk about faith a lot. You know, funeral, it, in a lot of traditions, talk about how people are moving on from this world to the next. And these are religious traditions. And I'm talking about funerals that have a religious tradition because there's other funerals that don't have it. When they're, But she's defender of the faith. And he mentioned in one of the sermons given by one of the Anglican bishops they had there, mentioned that she joins, she goes on to heaven with where she is an equal of, you know, of anyone else in heaven. She goes on from being a queen, from being in, in, in their belief system, to going to heaven. And she's no longer the queen in heaven. She may have been the queen, but she's not the queen in heaven. Or the queen in the Anglican in the Anglican heaven. Right? It's just heaven. And everyone's the same, right? In their belief system, everyone's the same. So everything she has is almost like a demotion, right? Because the guy that was cleaning up and gardening around his estates, the gardener around the estates, is has the same, in their belief tradition, has the same value in heaven as the queen. But people on earth that are observing the tradition see her at a much higher level. A passing. That's the queen. Who's now just someone going to heaven. If, you know, obviously if she did everything the right way that they're supposed to be doing. And I'm not suggesting that she did or didn't in that belief system. And it's like that in any any funeral. They did put a lot of resources. So the funeral, the funeral really isn't for them, is it? It's not for that person. You're showing respect for that person who's no longer there. I mean, you could believe that they're watching these things and things like, they're in heaven, should they really care? And what is she going to say? If you're in heaven with a bunch of other people that are on the same level you, like a poor person from Calcutta, you know, a beggar who died of starvation in Calcutta, standing next to the queen, and if they're able to observe the things that went on today, what does the queen say? Oh, that's for me. That's, they're doing that for, that's, they're taking my body 
and they're moving around. They got the, the horns and they got the military and they got all these religious leaders and the chorus and the musicians and pomp and circumstance. And the, that's, that's all me. But you're not. And then the person from Concada says, yeah, but you're right next to me right now. You're just Elizabeth. You know, I'm Sanjay. You know, we're the same. Exactly the same. In that tradition, they are exactly the same now because they never said afterwards. I haven't heard that. Now, that may have been an interesting thing a couple hundred years ago and say, well, listen, sovereign, when you pass away, your station is going to be even better. You'll be like right up there with an angel. I never heard that one. So she, I wonder if, if the mansion, if there's many rooms in the mansion, if she's going to have to share a room next to someone else. Because she used to have her own mansion. But the real, the, the, the funeral is for the people. That's the secret right there. The funeral is not for Elizabeth. The funeral is for the, the country of England, showing the passing of their sovereign. And uh, up until the day that Elizabeth died, their national anthem was God Save the Queen. After she died, their national anthem became God Save the King. And it's funny, you know, I guess if you're not that familiar with British, the British monarchy that, or any British, you know, tradition at all, that God Save the Queen is the same song as My Country Tis of Thee. And you hear the music and say, why are they playing American? Uh, it's not our national anthem, right? Well, is it our national anthem? The national anthem is Star Spangled Banner. It's the Star Spangled Banner. But one of the songs that we sing is My Country, Tis of Thee. And that was adapted because we didn't have a song at the time. They just figured, oh, well, this is good enough the monarch. That's going to be um, good enough for us. So we'll just change the words around. And that's what happened. So God saved the king. God saved the queen. That was around before us. But they, they learned that. And that's, so that funeral just shows the continuity from one head of state to the other. And it was for the people. It was for, actually for all the people. And it was another reminder to people around the globe the importance of tradition. Because at one time, not too long ago, a little over 100 years ago, the British Empire they said the old saying was the British never the, the sun never set on the British Empire. So around the globe, there was colonies and protectorates and territories. And the Britain has been a con constitutional monarchy for several hundred years, but that head of state was the king or queen at the time, and. For a significant amount of time, they have been the heirs of the you know, House of Windsor. 
you think, I, th- I don't know if Victoria was, yeah, Victoria was House of Windsor, because then her son, and then her grandson, and then Elizabeth, her great-great-granddaughter, if I'm not correct. Her, so Elizabeth was Victoria's great-great-granddaughter. So her, Victoria's, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that was the case. And I was riveted, I watched it. I was riveted to it. Like I said, it was a spectacle. And I think people like these traditions, kind of brings things to, uh, even though we're, we're on the cusp of knowing if there's intelligent life out there or making contact with intelligent life on another planet, that there's UFOs out there, that war is breaking out around the, uh, around the world. Uh, inflation's running around. We just got over a pandemic and things like that. The idea that in some places in the world that stability and tradition still exist is comforting to a lot of people. It is. Institutions are important to people. Sometimes people say institutions stagnate society and, and development and modernization. But a lot of times they ground them. And then when there's great upheaval, people look to institutions like the church, the state, the monarchy to give them some ground. And unfortunately, if we have a good leader in that place that has a broad view of history, they're going to be able to say, yes, things are changing, but the core principles are the same. So at the end of the day, after we see whether you agree with a monarchy or not, you see a smooth transition of power from the head of state. Remember, there's the head of government, which is the prime minister in the United Kingdom. You have the head of state, which is the monarch. And right now it's King Charles III. So those two things, they're still in power. They're still, everyone's, everything's well. Oh, as long as maybe another monarch doesn't get caught doing something like Andrew or like Harry, Prince Harry, deciding just, oh, I'm just going to give it up. Which, that's not, that's the opposite of continuity. That's kind of shaking up. But that's not, it's not all like that. Luckily, they had enough kids that there's a couple left behind. If you agree, once again, if you agree a monarchy is a good thing. I... For some reason, I think it it works for them. It works for them. But historically, I think the development of monarchies and stuff like that, though a necessity in order to curtail strong men, uh, they were abusive too, some of them. <clears throat> so that's pretty much what I have today. I know it's it's just a broad view from this particular bartender who had a background in history. I wish you well, and until next time, oh, I'd like to thank you. I did talk about we had a big uptick in listeners. We're going to see what happens with that. I hope the audio works out well. I'd like to thank all my listeners, my uh, local listeners and national listeners and international listeners. And I got a big jump in an Irish one. Thank you. 
you know, I'm ethnically Irish, which you can't tell, I guess, by all that stuff I said about the Queen. But, you know, we moved on over here. The Irish over here moved on from that stuff. I guess you did, too, with the with Good Fight Friday Peace Agreement in the 90s, which was brokered in part by some uh, Sam Nunn, Senator Sam Nunn, Bill Clinton. I'm not saying, you know, Americans have a role to play in the world still. Hopefully we can still, we can preserve our democracy here. You know, maybe, maybe we needed, maybe we need a monarchy. We wouldn't have that, what happened January 6th in 2020 at the Capitol. If it was, you know, if the monarchy came out and the, and the queen came over and said, hey, listen, knock it off. You know, that's not how we do things. So that's all I have to say for today. Thank you very much and have a great day.